0: Welcome into episode 57 of We Went Blues, the podcast. Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic St. Louis here. And my special guest this week, it's the NHL.com's Lou Korek. He's been covering the Blues for, I don't know, longer than I have. We'll ask him about that in just a couple minutes. We're going to bring to you our thoughts on the Blues 5-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks last night. The Blues lose game one of the best of seven series. And now game two will be Friday. Lots to get into. We're going to get into the big picture. How did the Blues look? We're going to dig deeper, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty details, and we're also going to uh, look at Jordan Bennington. He was absolutely terrific in the round robin, not so much last night, a tough goal on the third goal that gave Vancouver the lead. Obviously, you got to take it easy on Jordan Bennington because, you know, when uh, he doesn't play well, he always comes back with a terrific performance and kind of makes you shut your can. So, we'll get into Jordan Bennington in just a little bit, but first... We want to bring in Lou Korak. Lou, how many years has it been for you on the beat? Are we really getting into my life
1: story here? <laughs> uh, 1997, actually. Uh, it's been a long time, and uh, I, you know, I've I've done a lot, uh, covered a lot, and uh, finally, we both got a chance to cover a Stanley Cup champion last year, which was great.
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And this year, fans were hoping for this team to be able to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. But from what we've seen so far, they still don't have a win in Edmonton. Lou, you're looking at uh, losing the exhibition game. Uh, They've dropped all three games in the round robin. And then last night's game one of the series against Vancouver. So let's get into this a little bit. I think what Blues fans feared actually happened last night. The, The team wasn't able to turn it on as it had talked about Uh, During the round robin play, and even though they were better, and again, we'll get into all that later on, uh, I think the fact that you have a young team with no playoff experience, some really young skilled guys, a good goaltender in Vancouver, the Blues experience, Lou, uh, it wasn't evident last night. The third periods, I think, have been an issue, and that shouldn't be the case with a Stanley Cup champion team. Well, you wouldn't think so, and you would
1: think maybe that intimidation factor would kind of set in, especially against a young team. But uh, as I was watching that last night, Vancouver, uh, their young guys, and including all their skilled guys, uh, they kind of stood the test of time, I guess, so to speak. Uh, they, they took some of the Blues' best punches last night, and uh, they were able to uh, withstand some things. And uh, when they finally counter punched back, it's uh, – the Blues didn't have an answer for it. And that's one thing that probably you may want to kind of keep an
0: eye on here as this series goes along, how long that lasts. And that was one of my biggest takeaways, I think, last night is, you know, as Brayden Shen said after the game, they're in the same league. This isn't a team where, you know, the Blues drop the puck and all of a sudden Vancouver says, whoa. But, you know, this is a situation where Vancouver, you know, maybe they don't know the stage that they're on with some of these young guys. I'm talking about Elias Pettersson. Uh, Quinn Hughes, but they are more than up for the challenge. And, you know, we just got a glimpse of them last night on the power play. Uh, Pedersen has a power play goal. Hughes, uh, I believe, had a power play assist. Uh, But they did not look intimidated whatsoever. I think that whenever the Blues came at them and they did have 30 hits last night, uh, Vancouver said, you know, we can stick with you. And then you get to the third period. And maybe Vancouver is aware of the Blues problems in the third period too. And I thought after they, Uh, withstood that early rush by the Blues, Uh, Vancouver came right back at them. So to me, takeaway from last night's game is Vancouver came to play.
1: Well, I don't know if the right term to use is young and dumb, but sometimes that does apply where you just don't necessarily understand the situation and just kind of go about doing what you do best. And I think that's what they did. And, uh, you know, like you said, the Blues... I think the hits were 30 to 18 in that game last night, uh, which which is a pretty good disparity. And uh, if you think about it, in some games, that might even be a low number for the Blues. But when you're missing a couple of your big hitters, too, that kind of plays into effect. But still, I thought they were more of the aggressors as far as the physical stature of that game is concerned. But yeah, Vancouver just withstood all of their punches. And then when they finally capitalized on a big mistake and a Goal, like you had mentioned, that Jordan Bennington would like to have back. Uh, the Blues didn't have an answer for it, and uh, those third period
0: woes continued. And don't get me wrong. If the Blues have Sammy Blay and Ivan Barbashev in the game last night, maybe even throw in Alexander Steen, I'm not saying that they win that game, but we all know that the way the Blues won last season, Lou, was they rolled the four lines, and they were big and physical, and they wore you down. The one thing we have to keep in mind with this series is, is that this isn't the end of a long regular season and then you're going into a, a playoff stretch where teams are wore out and now you get to pounce on them and make them rethink. Do they want to keep going in the playoffs or do 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 they want to be playing golf? But that's not the situation this year. These teams have been rested for four months. You get up and running again. Most of these guys are fresh. So you just can't think about it in terms of last season where, you know, late second period, third period, you just keep going at them, Lou, and they're going to surrender, and that's how you win games. Was it Brad Marchand, the one that said uh, the teams that may have the most trouble
1: in this return-to-play plan is uh, the older teams? The younger teams are going to be fresher, and they are. You can definitely see that. Canucks got some guys with some wheels, no doubt about it, and uh, it showed last night, especially... I don't know the first five, 10 minutes of that game. You can kind of see that uh, they were trying to impose some of that will of theirs on the blues. And it was working until the blues finally started taking control. And I don't know if control is the best word to use, but they were starting to counter back and starting with that possession and grinding this team down. And, um, one of the things that might be a little alarming to me moving forward is just, just this team's inability right now to just pounce on some of their scoring opportunities. They've scored, uh, what, eight goals, if you cl- include the exhibition game, five games, eight goals. You're not even averaging two goals a game up there right now. So when those opportunities were there, they had them. They haven't been able to cash in on some of these. And four of those goals came in one game. So. Um, that's one thing I'm going to be looking for moving forward in this series. Can they start taking advantage of some of these opportunities? And uh, one thing that was mentioned last night, starting to get some traffic in front of Jacob Markstrom is going to be bigger. He's going to be able to see all these shots and be able to make the saves.
0: Yeah, so we do not know uh, who's going to be back in the lineup for game two on Friday. We know that Ivan Barbashev probably won't be because uh, he's got to come back from St. Louis and sit out in the quarantine Uh, But we'll speculate on the rest of those guys towards the end of the podcast. But as I said, even if you had them last night, there are still some major issues with this Blues team that have carried over from the round robin, Lou. And we're going to dig deeper into those issues when we come back with Lou Korak of NHL.com. But first, this message from Manscaped. Support for We Went Blues is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have their new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the athletic code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at MANSCAPED.COM. That's 20% off with free shipping at MANSCAPED.COM and use code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and a patented high-performance anti-chafing MANSCAPED boxer briefs. So go to MANSCAPED.COM today and use athletic code THEATHLETIC20. And we are back with Lou Korak on episode 57 of We Went Blues, the podcast. Again, the Blues fall 5-2 to two in game one against the Vancouver Canucks last night. They will be playing game two, Lou, uh, on Friday. That's 5.30 central time. And now we want to get into some of the issues with the Blues. And these aren't new to, to listeners. Uh, we've been talking about these things, writing about these things for the better part of a couple weeks now with uh, the round-robin play. Lou, number one, the penalties. We see that uh, the the referees are calling a lot, and a lot of ticky-tack stuff in Edmonton and Toronto as well. But this Blues team is shooting itself in the foot. I believe it's uh, now 21 minor penalties in the three-round robin games plus the game last night. They take six more minors last night. Of course, Vancouver goes three for six on the power play. That's a potent power play. Uh, Number three and four in the league, the Blues and the Canucks were during the regular season with the man advantage, they can't do this against this team. They know it, but yet they come out last night and we see more of the same stuff. Well, and they, like you said,
1: they talked about discipline and I know that was something that was brought up last night with Craig Berube and the players, you know, just the discipline aspect is going to have to be better. And you can see throughout the game. And I thought that was one area where I, I thought they maybe paid a little too much focus on was the calls. Look, you're going to go into every game and there's going to be discrepancies and there's going to be issues with referees and how they're calling these games. And I'll admit, I'm a little surprised at the amount of penalties that we're seeing in playoff games. And uh, you know, maybe last night the guys in that game were not as lenient, I guess to say it it was, it just, you could let these guys play a little bit more in the playoffs, but you can't let that stuff get under your skin. And uh, the, the blues listen going into these games they're known they're known that, that that's a team that commits penalties um they spend enough time in the box and um stick infractions have been a problem for this group and uh it was the case again last night i think every every minor penalty was a stick infraction wasn't
0: it i yeah, mean three tripping and, a, and a, i think three stick infractions yeah. and there was interference mixed in so maybe two stick infractions yeah
1: it, it's just it, it's it's putting them behind the eight ball and uh With a penalty kill, listen, they were 18th in the league in the regular season, which is in the bottom half. And, you know, they weren't a top penalty killing team in the regular season. And if you're putting yourself in those situations against a team that was number four in the league in the regular season with power play efficiency – eventually it's going to get you. And it wound up getting them again last night. You lost by three. You gave up three power play goals. But the stick infractions have got to stop. And uh, if they don't, this is going to be a short series. They've got to clean that up.
0: Yeah, Vancouver is that good on the power play as we watched last night. You know, Lou, as we uh, watch the games and, and of course, uh, we tweet, you know, sitting in front of our TVs and, You know, you can tweet that the Blues commit another penalty. And what's the response going to be? It's, oh, this officiating is horrible. You're going to get that every game, every market. I try not to get caught up in that. To me, I prefer to look at individual case-by-case situations. Look at that play last night that leads to the Justin Falk slashing on the breakaway. Vince Dunn commits a turnover, so Falk has to get back. And then he has Brandon Sutter on a breakaway. And was it a slash? Maybe not. But you still put yourself in that situation. See, to me,
1: and I'm probably more guilty than you are of uh, looking at fan tweets that reply back to you and whatnot. And uh, automatically, as soon as that happened, it was, uh, how fast can we uh, send Justin Falk to Seattle? And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I, I responded to the one and I basically told him, listen, go back a little bit. It's a Vince Dunn turnover that basically gives this guy free free real estate. And uh, Brandon Sutter's got a breakaway if Justin Falk doesn't try to impede him in some way. And you're right. You know, you can make the debate, was it a slash, wasn't it a slash? The point is, it's a penalty. And what, 12 seconds later, you're down one to nothing. So it's not just the penalties themselves, but it's the mistake that led to it. And uh, sometimes you have to look at the big picture of these things and Sometimes these things go hand in
0: hand, and on that play, it did. And Craig Burby did say uh, they're not all great calls. Of course, Rod Brindamore fined $25,000 for his comments on the officiating. Heck, Lou, we remember Craig Bruby last year, early in the postseason, when the Blues were getting penalized a lot. What did he do? He came out to the podium and he said, hey, we were the third least penalized team uh, earlier, and now we're just getting hit hard. Listen, you can complain whether you're fans or... Or maybe uh, the player or the uh, coach makes a comment or two uh, about the officiating. But if you continue to play the way that you are, you're going to be making those complaints from St. Louis because you won't be in Edmonton anymore.
1: Well, and you know what? That's kind of a catch 22 as well, because when that was going on last year, uh, you could sometimes see in instances, listen, officials are human beings, too. They hear and they see this stuff. So maybe they'll look back in certain instances and go, well, maybe he was right. And uh, next game you come out, maybe they are a little more lenient. But then you get other guys that are going to be like, well, I'll show him. And uh, you want to see a penalty. Uh, I'll call you for some, some of the most ticky tech stuff that you can imagine. So that could kind of go both ways. So that's kind of a slippery slope that they're going down on. I don't know if you want to bank on that as much as uh, banking on more. Just improve your play. You know, don't get involved in those stick infractions. And uh, you know, you've got a fast team here, no doubt about it. And uh they're gonna try to impose that speed and will on you. And uh, you know, you have to find other ways to counter that. And uh there are other ways to counter that. And uh, but if you sit there and continue and to complain about calls, eventually they're gonna get worse. And some of the plays that you really feel like are legitimate plays are going to go against you, and that's when you're really up against the wall. Then,
0: and these aren't good penalties, you know. If you're uh, physical and, and you're preventing a goal, perhaps you take a penalty, it's a, a good penalty. But these are stick infractions, uh, like we said, and Lou, uh, a couple offensive zone penalties last night, which this team is absolutely notorious for. Okay, two more quick things in this segment uh, the third period. Collapses, those were more the case in the round robin. They had the lead three times going into all three games in the round robin and ended up losing. That's something that uh, the Blues didn't do all regular season. Not once all year did they have a lead in the regular season and lose. Last night, it's a tie game. The Blues know they need to play well in the third period. They have a strong push early on, uh, but then some more mistakes, and now the puck's in the back of the net. We'll get to Jordan Bennington in just a bit but the blues continue to falter in the third period. See, that's just the thing, Jerry, you've got a situation here where every
1: one of these games has been winnable for them. They've either had the lead, like you said, or tied going into the third period. So win a third period and you win a hockey game, uh, and that includes the ex. well, the exhibition game was a little different. You're trailing in that one. And, uh, that one's not quite as relevant as the other ones, but the round Robin games and last night, uh, the game's there for the taking. And I don't know, for whatever reason or not, uh, the third periods have been a serious issue. And like you said, they, that was usually when this team clamped down and was able to win a hockey game, uh, during the regular season, probably a big reason of why they are where they are and, or why they finished where they finished. And, uh, it just hasn't been the case. I, I don't know what it is, uh, whether it's a glaring mistake. And you had a Vladimir uh play right there on the wall. He loses the puck uh, two passes later, and uh, there's a shot from a bad angle that's going in, and this team doesn't seem to be able to recover. Um, they're not playing structured to me. They're not playing as that uh, cohesive five-man unit, and uh, mistakes are getting magnified. And uh, usually this team is able to overcome some of their glaring mistakes that they do have, whether it be a save on the back end or whether, um, Jordan Bennington or Jake Allen, whoever's in net gives up a bad goal. And the guys in front of them are like, okay, we're going to come back and we're going to get you a goal back here. And, uh, they're able to overcome those things. But right now, that's just not happening, and uh, that's going to have to get fixed rather quickly here.
0: Another issue, the fourth line is just an absolute shambles. I mentioned earlier that uh, three weeks ago, you would have never envisioned McKenzie McEachran, Jacob De La Rose, and Troy Brower being your fourth line, but that's the case with Barbashev out. You have an injury to Sammy Blay, and then Alexander Steen can't go last night. Uh, Lou, that third, fourth line... Uh, sometimes gets as much as 10 or 12 minutes a game. Last night, a lot less. Well, and
1: that was one of the things that I was looking at. Uh, when you've got McEachern with a little over five minutes, I believe De La Rose was right at 534. Troy Brower had the most minutes out of that line, just a little bit over six minutes. When you have Sunquist, Steen, and Barbashev as a unit, when they played last year, these guys were playing upwards of, anywhere from 15, 16, up to 19 minutes a game. That's crazy when you think about it for a so-called fourth line. But these guys were out on the ice against the opposition's top lines. That just tells you how much confidence Craig Berube had in these guys. Last night, were you going to see that line out there against Besser? Were you going to see them out there against Pedersen? Were you going to see them out there against Horvat? Not a chance. And now you're going to get into a situation where – If you're going to have to continue to play these guys, and I'm going to imagine there's going to be some lineup changes for game two. If you have to rely on those guys to play against some of those guys, I don't know if Craig Berube has that confidence. And if if you don't, you're going to start taxing the O'Reilly's. You're going to start taxing the Shen line. You're going to even start taxing the Robert Thomas line. And those guys are going to start having to play more minutes than what they're normally used to. O'Reilly almost played 23 minutes last night. And if you think about it, for a guy like him, really wasn't much of a factor in the offensive zone because he's having to do so many other things. Last year, they were able to balance those guys out, and they were able to get balance from their top six at both ends of the ice. I don't know how that's going to play out moving forward here, but uh, as this series goes along, if you start asking that top six to do more than what they have to do, eventually they're going to start to wear down.
0: That's Lou Korak of NHL.com. This is episode 57 of We Went Blues. Lou is my guest. And when we come back, he and I are going to discuss what happened to Jordan Bennington last night. Didn't look like himself on a couple goals after having an absolutely terrific round-robin play session. But first, a message from Indochino. And we are back on episode 57 of We Went Blues. Lou Korak of NHL.com is my guest. We've been breaking down the Blues 5-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. They are down 1-0 in the series. Game 2 is Friday, 5.30 Central Time. Uh, Lou, we've been looking at uh, the big picture issues. We've been looking at some of the details that have been bugging the Blues uh, going back to the round robin. Now we want to get into Jordan Bennington. He was terrific in round robin Uh, did give up six goals in the loss to uh, vegas but a couple of those games lou the blues would not have been in them if it weren't for jordan bennington last night's game that uh, third goal by uh, stetcher was uh, one that jordan bennington would like to have back what did you see from watching jordan bennington last night well out of the goals that he
1: gave up last night three of them were blocker side and that surprises me a little bit because and not, not that you, you know, and, and I'm no goalie expert by any means. There's guys out there that can dissect and break down goalies like you wouldn't imagine. And uh, you see some of the things that they say and you're like, oh, you know, I, I didn't see that. Or maybe I didn't see this. Or the, the, they just they just can see these guys' tendencies. And, uh, yeah, that, that third goal, that's kind of one of the things that I was talking about earlier is where when there's a mistake, usually your goalie's there to make a save for you and Jordan Biddington wasn't there to bail out a Tarasenko mistake or vice versa when he gives up a bad goal like he did in that situation there you usually see the team respond at the other end and maybe come back and get a big goal and make it a game again they're just not kind of going hand in hand right now and I don't want to be too critical of him because like you said he if there's one area that I didn't think was going to be an issue for this team going into this first round was their goaltending because I thought Bennington and Jake Allen both were fantastic. And uh, yeah, he gave up the six goals against Vegas, but think about it that first period uh, they come out of it up one to nothing. They probably could have been down four to one had it not been for Jordan Bennington and some of the point blank saves that he was making because of so many defensive breakdowns and, That was the case in the game against Colorado as well. I mean, they lose that game with, what, a millisecond left in in regulation? And uh, if it's not for the first period of Jordan Bennington, uh, that's not even a game either. So that was one area that I did not think was going to be a problem. So let's give him a mulligan for last night. Uh, It's more magnified because of when it happened and how it happened with the game on the line. Um, Remember how good he was last year at bouncing back after a loss. He's going to be somebody that uh, I'm really going to be watching out for in Game Two. I don't think Craig Berube is going to make a change. There's not a chance he's going to go with Jake Allen. And now that I say that, he probably will go <laughs> with Jake Allen. So, um, but I don't believe he's going to go with Jake Allen. I, you know, Jordan Bennington's usually he tunes a lot out and he doesn't let negative vibes get him down. He and and, that, and that's a good attitude to have for a goalie. So let's see his bounce-back ability tomorrow. Okay, he gave up a goal there. And the Horvat goal, it's a good shot. It's a good play. Um, but those are normally saves you see him make. Uh, but I'm just wondering now if maybe Vancouver found a tendency that they think that maybe they can pick at. Let's see in Game 2 moving forward – if they start testing him on that blocker side a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised too if Craig Bruby did go to Jake Allen for game two. That would be an ultra short leash. But they do have the back-to-backs Sunday, Monday, games three and four. And Craig Bruby has said both goaltenders will probably play. So I would expect we'd see Jake Allen in one of those. But you're right. We, we saw what Jordan Bennington was able to do last year. This, this year is not last year, but you still have to give him... The benefit of the doubt. Well, this was fun, Lou. Episode 57. Thanks for being a guest on We Went Blues. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, I appreciate it
1: and uh, look forward to maybe doing it again sometime.
0: You can check out other pods at The Athletic. John Davidson, the former Blues president. He's the president of the New York Rangers now. He joins Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun on the two-man advantage this week. Of course, the Rangers got the number one overall Pick in the lottery draft, so that's a good uh, good situation for JD up in New York. I bet he's loving that. And Bill Guerin, another former Blue, former Blues all over our pod promo this week. He's now the general manager of the Minnesota Wild. He joins Michael Russo, our good friend Mike Russo, this week on Straight from the Source at the Athletic. Well, we want to thank you for listening to We Went Blues. This was episode. Fifty-seven. You can check out our comments section for each podcast episode at the athletic app. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. We went blues on Apple. And don't forget if you click on the show, URL, theathletic.com forward slash. We went blues. You'll get 40% off your subscription. So for my good friend, Lou Korak at NHL.com. We thank him for joining us. It was a pleasure to bring you game one. We hope for blues fans sake, we've got better news for you in game two. Thank you for listening and we'll be with you next week.